You don't like the Drake. I hate the Drake. I love the Drake. How could you not like the Drake? Who's the Drake? Who's the Drake? The Drake is good. You like the Drake? I love the Drake. What about the Drake? Oh, screw the Drake. I love the Drake. Welcome to Robin, Everyone Loves the Drake comic podcast. This podcast will take a chronological look at the third boy to wear the mantle of Robin, Tim Drake. We will start with Tim's origin and then make our way to Tim's ongoing Robin series that went 183 issues. So sit back, relax, and find out why everyone loves the Drake. Good for them. Love the Drake. Got to love the Drake. Hello, everyone, and welcome to episode 21 of Robin, Everyone Loves the Drake Comic Podcast. I am your host, Rob Myers, and this podcast is brought to you by the BatmanUniverse.net, your home for all things Robin, because it's his 75th anniversary, so I'll put him first this year, and of course, Batman. Uh, Welcome to 2015, everybody. Uh, I took a little bit of a break here after the Christmas holiday season, getting back into the grind of work and all that fun stuff, Uh, but hopefully... Hopefully 2015 has found you well. It is a big year for, at least as far as I'm concerned, and I believe uh, Tom Panarese as well, as he has a Robin Dick Grayson-focused podcast, and uh, this will tie in uh, together here in just a little bit. But 2015 is the 75th anniversary of Robin the Boy Wonder. Um, Actually, technically, uh, it's Dick Grayson's 75th anniversary, but still Robin as a whole. Uh, Not to mention a slew of other people are people, I'm using uh, air quotations like you can see them, but other DC comic book characters are also celebrating their 75th anniversary along with Robin. And uh, I got this wonderful book uh, shortly after Christmas. It's the Batman Visual History uh, book from DK Publishing. Uh, There is a a DC Comics Visual History book that I also picked up, and I got both of these uh, half price. Uh, And it lists everything uh, through the years through Batman. So if I go to the page Uh, 19, if you happen to have this book, uh, looking at the 1940s, where uh, Dick Grayson, Robin, uh, made his first appearance in Detective Comics number 38. Uh, In that same year, in 1940, these other famous DC, uh, as far as um, Bat uh, family go, uh, these are the other characters that are celebrating their 75th anniversary alongside of Robin this year. We have Catwoman, Clayface, Scarecrow, the Penguin, Two-Face, the Riddler, and dozens of others made their uh, first appearance in the 1940s. Uh, that is quite a long list of people celebrating, or people, uh, comic <laughs> DC comic book characters celebrating uh, their th- anniversary. And, of course, a, another big one is the Joker turns 75 years this year. I believe the Flash is also celebrating his 75th anniversary, uh, but that Flash is actually in the form of Jay Garrick, but still... Um, all of those DC characters are celebrating a 75 years. Um, and uh, the book also says a slew of other characters too, but, uh, I think we're gonna have some cool things to, um, 
look at and watch and probably buy this year from DC Comics. I'm really, I don't think they're probably going to do anything as big as they did for Batman for uh, Robin. I would like to think they're going to, but there's a lot of other DC characters that are celebrating 75 years this year so it's going to be interesting to see i know there's going to be at least one book for robin uh being that i'm an action figure collector i would like to see um some new action figures come out and then uh batman arkham knight is coming out in the uh, video games so that's something else that i uh, like to uh, play. So I'm hoping there'll be some Robin 75th anniversary content in there as well. Uh, something I did want to point out uh, doing the uh, Christmas episode, I missed a a, a big news announcement. And I want to apologize uh, about that. Um, Norm Bray Fogel has, uh, I should say, recently suffered a, a stroke. Um, you can go to you caring. Dot com. That's Y-O-U-C-A-R-I-N-G dot com. And there's a fundraiser uh, for Norm Brayfogel, uh, a famous Batman artist, and in my opinion, a famous Robin Tim Drake artist. Uh, he was one of the uh, first uh, images of Robin that were drawn of uh, the Tim Drake Robin, and he had a big hand in creating uh, the Tim Drake character. Uh, there is a, uh, a fund being held uh for Norm, I believe, by his uh, parents and possibly his wife. I'm not exactly sure who some of the family members on are on here. Uh, and he's not that far away. He's in uh, Huntington, uh, Michigan, and I'm in Ohio. But they're uh, trying to raise funds for medical expenses. So I just wanted to point that out there. If uh, something is tugging at your heartstrings, heartstrings and you, if you have been a... Uh, a big Batman fan for a long time, especially a fan of the 90s uh, Batman and Robin. Uh, Norm Brayfogle was something that you uh, looked at for quite a while in the 90s. So um, it, it's going to a good cause. This is, uh, again, helping uh, with some of his medical expenses, and it's being run uh, by his family. So, again, if you go to youcaring.com, it's a free fundraiser uh, that his parents are put up on uh, his behalf. They haven't really said how severe things are for him, but I can only imagine the amount of medical expenses that are uh, going to be accrued because of this uh, stroke. So I wanted to put that out there, and I wanted to welcome everybody back to Robin. Everyone loves the Drake. I purposely push this episode back a little bit. I'm going to have a line of guest hosts coming on the show, and uh, I've got some big ones if you're in the podcasting community, and if you're in the YouTube community and watch uh, some of the reviews that I do and other people that I do reviews with, I'm going to have one of my good friends uh, come on here for the next episode. So I've got some cool things lined up, and I will be celebrating 75 years of Robin on this podcast. So Thanks for tuning in to another year of Robin. Everyone loves the Drake. Welcome to 2015 and welcome to the show. Love I feel 
Alright, today we're going to be taking a look at one single comic. It is Batman 480. And uh, Tim kind of seems to be surrounded by uh, events, I guess is the only thing I can say. Um, at every point where Tim thinks, alright, I'm comfortable in the role that I am in Robin, and then something happens. And in this case, this is dealing with uh, Jack Drake, Tim's father, who's kind of been uh, in the sidelines. Uh, just get little blurbs here and there, basically through the Robin miniseries and uh, just a few Batman issues, but uh, a big thing is going to uh, happen with Jack Drake in this issue that is going to really change how Tim can still be Robin or if he thinks he can be Robin anymore uh, with what is going to happen to uh, Jack Drake here and and what's going to happen to the Batman and Robin dynamic. But uh, we'll save that till after the synopsis. So let's not waste any more time. Let's get into the synopsis for Batman 480. Batman number 480 cover date late June 1992 on sale date May 5th 1992 cover price was $1.25 the page count is 32 writer Alan Grant artist and letter Jim Aparo colorist Adrian Roy cover credits to Michael Nesler associate editor Scott Peterson and editor Dennis J. O'Neill. Tim Drake, created by Marv Wolfman and Pat Broderick. Robin Costume, created by Neil Adams and Norm Breifogel. The story, To the Father I Never Knew. Tim Drake pushes his father in a wheelchair through the Gotham City Cemetery to visit his mother's grave and his dad's late wife. When they arrive closer to Janet Drake's grave, they can see the headstone has been knocked over and spray-painted. It says, Why dogs howl? Jack Drake yells, Sweet Lord, is nothing sacred anymore? Jack yells, Tim, your mother's grave has been desecrated. How could this happen, Tim? The animals, they're not fit to even speak her name. Tim tries to console his father without getting upset himself. Dad, Tim says, Jack cuts Tim off and says, I want them caught. I want every policeman in, in Gotham City. Tim tries to calm his father. Dad, please don't get upset. You know what Dr. Consolving said about you getting overexcited. Jack Drake gets to cough uncontrollably, and Tim grabs his oxygen mask and helps his father. It's all right, Dad. Don't panic. Just breathe. Thanks, Jack says. You're a good son, Tim. I know I haven't been the father I should have been, but I'll make it up to you starting tomorrow. Tim takes his father back to the hospital. Come on, Dad. We've got to get going. Dr. Consolving says she wants to run a few more tests before the big day. Back in the hospital, Jack tells his son that it's the last night you'll be imposing on Bruce Wayne. He's a womanizer and a playboy, and I don't like you being exposed to his influence. Tim tries to tell his father that's not how Bruce Wayne is. It's not fair. And then when you went to Haiti, and after what happened to the Abaya man, it was Bruce that took me in and looked after me. He's a friend. The airhead playboy image, that's just what the newspapers invented. It's not who he is. Jack says that may be true, but I'm your father, not him. Try to understand. See you tomorrow, son. See you tomorrow, Dad, Tim says. As Tim is leaving his hospital room, one of Jack Drake's associates enters the room. It's Phil Marin. Phil Marin is the CEO in charge of Drake Industries since Jack has been recuperating in the hospital. 
Phil tells him that his father talks about him a lot, and it sounds like Tim's going to be working with the company starting tomorrow. Tim looks shocked by this and says, I am? I mean, of course I am. Or whatever my father wants, that is. Tim turns and leaves the room. A few minutes later, Alfred is there to pick up Tim, and they head back to Wayne Manor. Tim is sitting quiet in the back of the car. Alfred turns and asks Tim if he's leaving the manor soon. Tim reluctantly says, it looks that way. He wants me to move in with him to the Robinson Park penthouse. Alfred says, it's not the best environment for an invalid, I'd thought. As Alfred turns the corner, Tim looks out the window and sees two young men spray painting on the side of a building. It says, why dogs? It's the same kind of spray paint and same words that were on his mother's grave. Tim tells Alfred to stop the car and Tim jumps out and confronts the two men that are spray painting the building. Tim says, it was you who vandalized the cemetery. The one gentleman says, yeah, it's none of your business. Tim says, one of them was my mother's grave. You upset my father. The man looks at Tim and in a baby voice says, aw. Another man sneaks up behind Tim and tries to spray paint Tim. But Tim is too quick and ducks away as he spray paints the other man in the face, right in the eyes. Tim then delivers a quick punch to the face of the spray painter. The man drops a spray can and Tim begins to spray paint it on the back of the man that was trying to spray paint Tim and writes the words, I'm a chump on him. Gives him a kick and Tim hops back in the car and Alfred and Tim head back to Wayne Manor. Alfred says, one last hurrah perhaps? Tim replies, what do you mean? Alfred says, well, with everything happening tomorrow, I thought you might not be going on patrol tonight. Tim says, oh, I'll be there. As Tim is making his way down to the Batcave, Alfred is already down in the Batcave with Bruce. They're talking about Tim. Bruce tells Alfred that it was Tim's choice to become Robin. I tried to dissuade him, remember? Alfred says, yes, I know, sir. It's just that it's going to be so much harder for him having to look after his father. The boy will never have a chance to even lead an assemblance of an ordinary life. Bruce says, whoever said life was fair, Alfred. Where is Tim now? Bruce asks, just as Tim is coming down the final steps that lead into the Batcave. Tim says, I'm right here, and quickly changes into his Robin costume. Batman tells Robin, you can take the night off if you want to. Robin says, no, I should be out there. It's my job. Are you sure you're up to it? Batman asks. I'm positive. Why, don't you think I am? Robin says. Batman replies, Hey, if you say you're good, that's enough for me. Batman and Robin hop into the Batmobile and race out of the Batcave. On this night, Batman asks Robin if they're going out on normal patrol. Robin says, No, he'd like to check in on the Y Dogs. They're the ones that he told him about. They're wearing all these spiffy designer clothings. And I'm talking expensive clothings. I have a hunch that it might pay to look where they're getting their cash flow from. Batman and Robin begin to track the Y-Dogs, but tonight makes things a little bit easier since in his secret identity as Tim Drake, Robin has already spray painted two of the men and they begin to follow them. While they're watching them, Robin asks if, if they could talk. Robin says, I know I shouldn't bring up our problems on the job, but Batman cuts Robin off and says, it won't hurt this once. It's about your father, right? Robin says, yeah. The doctor says it's highly unlikely he'll ever get any better than he is right now. 80% paralyzed, breathing problems, and if I have to go home and with him to take care of him, how will I be able to be Robin? He thinks he's losing me to you, but he's not. It's, I'm not who he thinks I am. 
Batman asks, any solutions? Robin pauses for a moment. The only one I could think of is, tell him who I really am, and then maybe he can cope with it and understand, and that I might be allowed to have things go on as they are. Of course, that would mean he'd guess who Batman is, too. Batman says, it's a tough decision, but no one can make this choice but you. I know, Robin says, but I don't want to compromise you. Batman interrupts and says, later, we're in business. The gang has finally decided to move. Batman and Robin start to follow them around the warehouse district to a very familiar location. It's Drake Industries. It's a warehouse for Tim Drake's father. They're moving medical supplies before they can reach the hospital. This is how the Y-Dogs are making their money. Batman and Robin hop on top of the moving vehicle with the stolen goods in them to find out where the Y-Dogs are getting their payday from. The truck stops at one of the warehouses with Batman and Robin on the rooftop. Batman and Robin peek over the top of the truck to hear and see who the money man is. When the truck pulls up, it's Phil Marin, Jack Drake's acting CEO, the man Tim just spoke to hours earlier. He's the one paying for the stolen goods. They overhear him say that he met Jack Drake's son tonight. The kid's coming into business tomorrow, and the kid might spot what's going on. But he's got a plan. He's going to pin it all on the kid. The kid will take the blame. It's at this moment that Batman and Robin leap off the top of the truck and begin to take out the gang members one by one. But in a haste, Phil leaves early trying to escape through the warehouse. Batman turns and tells Robin to stop Phil. While Phil is running through the warehouse, he picks up a pipe, trying to swing it at the boy Wonder. Robin ducks and grabs his bow staff from behind his cape, but knocks the pipe out of Phil's hands, and then knocks Phil to the ground. When Robin comes outside, Batman already has the Y-Dogs tied up. Batman says, the police can take it from here. Come on, I'll take you home. Tomorrow's going to be a big day. Robin turns to Batman and says, no, no, I'd like to make my own way home tonight. I'll take care of the Y-Dogs. Robin swings through the Gotham City skies, making his way home slowly to Wayne Manor, probably for the last time, knowing that tomorrow is going to be a very, very big day and a life-changing day. Batman arrives back at the Batcave and hops out of the Batmobile and asks where Tim is. Alfred replies, he's upstairs. He said he had a letter to finish. Tim is in his room, probably for the last time, finishing the letter to his father. The letter reads as such. Dear Dad, I wish I could go back and start over when I was a kid, when I used to dream and pray that you and Mom would stop traveling and forget business and just settle down. We'd be a family the way the family ought to be. Now I know I have my wish. I'm going to be with you all the time, and it's tearing me apart. Funny how you never once seemed to care. At least you never showed it to me that you did. And now you want to run my life? Do you really think we can start over? I have no idea who you think I am, Dad, but I'm not that boy. I had to fend for myself for a long time. I changed, Dad. I have a lot of secrets. You couldn't be more wrong about Bruce Wayne, despite what, what he seems. He's the only true great man I've ever known. He helps people and never asks for anything in return. I'm not interested in your business, Dad. I've already found my place in the world. I know what I want to be. So, how does it sound, Dad? Your son is Robin. Understand now why I can't come back. Gotham is a cesspool. Tragedy strikes on every street. I can help, Dad. I'm needed. Strange how you come to love a city. One as ugly and rotten as Gotham. 
all those millions of people, the lines in their lives, crossing, touching, tangling, almost as if the city's alive. I love you, Dad, but I found my place. I know who I am. I'm part of my city. Sometimes I wish we could start over, but I know we can't. We have to take things exactly where we are. This might not make a lot of sense to you. I only hope you understand. Your loving son, Tim. Tim folds the letter and puts it in an envelope and seals it, puts it in his pocket, and walks downstairs to the study, where Bruce Wayne is sitting with Alfred. Good morning, Bruce says to Tim. The matter we were discussing last night, but we didn't finish it. It's all right, Tim says. I've sorted it out. I've never felt I was part of a family before. That's something I'll always be grateful to you, Bruce, and you, Alfred, but my father is my family also. He needs me. Would you mind running me to the hospital, Alfred? My dad would be mad if I keep him waiting. Alfred says, right away, sir. I'll see you soon. Maybe not tonight, but soon, Tim says to Bruce. Bruce smiles and says, I look forward to it. Tim says, oh, I almost forgot, and pulls the letter out of his pocket and then tosses it into the fireplace. It's just something I had to get out of my system, Tim says. The letter reads on the front, to the father I never knew. Tim and Bruce watch the letter burn into flames. Tim turns and walks out of the study, leaving Wayne Manor. At the bottom of the steps, Alfred is holding a newspaper and says, I thought you might want to peruse this on our journey. It's a real estate newspaper. Alfred has folded a page and earmarked it. I thought the country air might do your father some good. And of course, it's right next door to Master Bruce's. It's a mansion, just about the size of Wayne Manor. And it might be good for you too. Tim has a big grin on his face as the car pulls away from Wayne Manor. Tim turns to look over his shoulder and says, I'll work on him, Alfred. I promise. I'll work on him. The End All right, that was the synopsis for Batman 480. Um, I want to get into the cover really quick before uh, we get into uh, the issue. Uh, the cover here, as I'm trying to flip through the issue, it's not wanting to uh, open really fast. So let's just go to Mike's Amazing World here. Uh, it's a really cool resource. Uh, this particular issue does not have a lot of information Um uh, this uh, issue is not reprinted anywhere at all, or at least at the time that this database was put together, it has not been uh, reprinted, but I haven't really seen it anywhere in any trades. Uh, the artist is Michael uh, Nesler, on at least uh, the cover artist. Uh, uh, the b wonderful Jim Aparo artwork is inside here, and uh, I absolutely love uh, Aparo's artwork. Uh, what's not to love about a Parles artwork? We'll talk about it inside. But uh, I don't have a problem with the artwork on the front of the cover. It's it's nice enough. Um, I've never been a fan of artwork that really has nothing to do with the story inside. I mean, uh, you have Jack Drake sitting here in the wheelchair, and he's looking over his shoulder at Batman coming down as if he's afraid of Batman. And then you have like this um, silhouette or a bat signalist 
bat signal-ish, that's a hard word to say, bat signal-ish image of uh, Tim Drake Robin looking at his father and more looking at Batman. Uh, it has nothing to do with the issue. It's not like you can look at it and go, well, there's this weight on Jack Drake and he's uh, afraid of what uh, Batman is imposing on his son. Uh, that won't happen until much, much later. Um, if anything, uh, Jack Drake may feel a little bit inferior to uh, Bruce Wayne. Um, they're both uh, millionaires, uh, although Bruce is probably a trillionaire. Uh, that's not even a real word, but I said it, so now it's a real word. Um, so I'm not trying to read too much into it. The the art's cool. I like uh, Michael's uh, look of Batman here, but it's kind of a, a bland cover at the same time so i probably spent a little too much time uh on the cover um the, the jim paro batman next to probably norm brayfogle and tom lyle i have a whole list of uh batman and robin artists i like but this was right in the time where i was buying comics pretty religiously uh once we got out of the robin 2 um and it, of course, coming into very soon Nightfall, uh, Paro's art will be uh, very much uh, everywhere uh, in the synopsis and through the series for quite a while. There's just that home feel to his art that when you look at it and go, yeah, this is my Batman. Of course, you know, I say that from different artists, but this time frame uh, leading into Nightfall, this was a very familiar art style and is one that you... S- you would see on t-shirt designs and the notebooks and things that you would be buying for school would be the Jim Aparo art. So the Jim Aparo art was really kind of everywhere and it was easy brandable. It was just a nice traditional look for Batman and Robin at this time. Although I do think uh, from time to time they make Tim's forehead just look a little bit too much almost as if he's balding. He's 16 years old. Um, the spiky hair for Tim is at least a little bit under control. Uh, when Lyle would draw uh, Tim Drake, uh, the spiky hair would really be spiky. But again, that's kind of cool. So I have my little bits and pieces of each of these artists that I like. Um, I would love to just kind of put them all in a blender and kind of see what would come out. But you know, I don't want to blend my... Uh, comics together. Uh, The letter in this that I was trying to decide if I was going to include it in the synopsis or read it uh, now, I do like that it's broken up in chunks as what is kind of currently going on in the story at that moment. Uh, The discussion about Bruce Wayne um, in page three is kind of touched on in this first part of the letter um it's it's this moment of you know tim has a father but it's a father that hasn't been in his life really uh tim's been in different boarding schools and then when they have their tragedy in haiti uh, bruce wayne and alfred have taken care of tim while tim's father uh, even being in the same city as tim is lying in a hospital bed and it's only now that uh, jack drake is responsive he can talk and is ready to be released from the hospital and it's going to be up to his son to take care of him and it's really weighing on tim here 
I think it's a sad moment when they're going through the cemetery and they come up on Janet Drake's tombstone here that's been toppled over and it's been spray painted. Uh, That's a sad thing. Uh, I've seen that from time to time on the news where somebody will go in and vandalize a place of somebody's final burial. I don't think you can have any more disrespect for somebody than to be vandalizing a place of somebody's final a final rest. I just think that's uh, of all the stupid things that you can do out there. This is one of the absolute worst that you can do. It just brings such a heartache to somebody that wants to come and visit their loved one in the cemetery and there's graffiti or somebody goes through and smashes headstones. It's just, it's, it's sickening in, in my book. Um, and the grave is still a little fresh here, the way Aparo has drawn it. Uh, the grass has not grown over, so it's still been in some recent time that uh, this has all kind of happened. Even though the Batman story has gone on for a couple years, at least as far as the comic is concerned, it's probably only been uh, a few months or maybe six at the most, but there's still no grass growing. Tim is at a crossroads here, at least emotionally and mentally, with his father and Bruce. As Jack is getting ready to be released from uh, Gotham City Hospital, and uh, his doctor, this is the first time that Dr. Consolving is being made mention, is in this issue. She doesn't make an appearance yet, but uh, her name is uh, dropped in this issue a couple times. That uh, he's getting uh, released from the hospital. And Tim is having to defend Bruce Wayne, the guy that is taking care of him, uh, the guy that has trained him and shown him all of these uh, things on how to be a man and a crime fighter. Um Tim is having to find a way to deflect the persona that Bruce Wayne is giving to kind of keep his Batman uh, secret a secret. And uh, Tim is taken aback by this. Jack Drake is almost insulting Tim's other father and uh, a rightful father figure in Tim's eyes when Tim's own father couldn't be a father or wasn't around to be a father. Now Tim's dad, it's almost by... Dumb luck, I guess, is the only way I can describe it. Because of going on this business trip and their plane being hijacked and Tim's mother being killed by the Obey Man and Tim's dad being paralyzed, now Jack has no resource other than to have someone take care of him. And, well, since you're going to be taking care of me, I guess now I can be a father. So this is really weighing on Tim. Uh, Tim now for for the first time has kind of felt like my life is finally making sense and now my father's coming back into the picture and it'd be completely different if it was a father that has been estranged and there was no paralysis or anything like that but now his dad is ready to be a dad and there is a physical need uh, of caregiving that needs to be done and needs to be done by Tim and now Tim's new life Um, at least he thinks for now, may have to be put on hold. Uh, We have uh, Slimy Phil Marin here, the uh, acting CEO of Drake Industries, uh, that is going to be the villain, spoilers. (laughs) But it's not really spoilers, you already heard the synopsis, uh, that is going to be uh, the villain for this. Uh, Moving into page five, so once Phil uh, is kind of in the room, 
this is where the bomb gets dropped on Tim that apparently Phil and Jack have talked and have said, hey, my son's going to be working for the company, and this is how Tim has to find out. Uh, there was obviously no discussion between Tim and Jack beforehand about, hey, would you like to be working for the company? And, you know, if I can't be there as much as I'd like to be, at least if you're there, I'll feel like, you know, I still kind of am and the company will still be a family-run business. There wasn't any of that. So Tim Quick on his feet is kind of like, yo, yeah, you know, I'll uh, I'll do whatever my father wants me to do, but now is really torn. It's, it's feeling like that Jack is trying to play catch-up, and, you know, I wasn't able to help mold your life when you were a kid, but I'm going to do it now that you're a teenager. And we move into page five after Alfred picks up Tim to go back to Wayne Manor. Uh, Tim finds out uh, the thugs that were spray painting the cemetery and uh, Tim kind of lashes out at them and some uh, cool, quick thinking by uh, Tim on page six. Uh, as one of the guys comes up behind him to try and spray paint him, uh, Tim ducks and uh, thug number one gets spray painted in the face. Uh, Tim is able to knock uh, the guy out. And I like the uh, panel here would be the fourth panel on page uh, six where uh, Tim delivers the uh, blow to the guy's face. And just the way that Aparo <laughs> draws uh, the guy getting knocked out here is pretty cool. Uh, Tim picks up a spray can and writes, I'm a chump on the guy's back. And this will help Batman and Robin later on find uh, the Y dog, which is really kind of a, a weird name, but uh, apparently that's something that Alan Grant liked. I like the moment here on pages eight and nine between Batman and Robin. Batman is keeping himself back out of Tim's decision-making choices and leaving every decision to Tim, which is the exact opposite of what Tim's father is doing. The only things that Bruce are really saying is, you know, you can take the night off if you want to. You don't have to be out here. And Tim has taken a back by this. It's not in typical Batman fashion that would be, well, I don't care what you have going on with your family. This is the life you chose. This is the life you wanted. Get in the Batmobile and let's go. Uh, Bruce is giving uh, Tim the out. Like, if you don't want to do this anymore, that's fine. Bruce even has a discussion with Alfred. Like, I tried to tell Tim I didn't need a Robin. This, this life shouldn't be for you. And Tim was very persistent. This was something Tim wanted. So, if Tim doesn't or can't do it anymore, uh, Bruce isn't really going to try and tell Tim, like, hey, I need you. He knows that Tim will make the right decision for him, whether that is staying as Robin or taking care of his father. I think on some level, Bruce is like, I would, I would trade places with you in a heartbeat. You have a parent that's loves you or is at least trying to love you and wants to be with you. I think if Bruce could, he would say, if that was my father, I would stop all this in a heartbeat and I would go be with him for every moment. So I think there's that moment between uh, Bruce and Tim. That's like, if this is what you want, that's perfectly fine for me, but he's going to let Tim come to that on his own. Um, And Alfred is kind of concerned that, Uh, Tim is putting up this wall like, nope, this is the job I have to do. And Alfred is afraid that uh, Tim is turning into another Bruce Wayne, that uh, Tim can't see the life that's potentially in front of him, that he's focused solely on this crusade that Batman is on. 
Um, I like here that uh, Batman is letting Robin call the shots tonight. And knowing that Tim probably wants to go after the Y Dogs because of what happened at the gravesite. So he's kind of letting that door open that if this is how you're going to have to get things out and you're going to have to deal with what's going on, I'm just going to let you do it. And at least in Batman's eyes, we have the Y Dogs out here causing all kinds of trouble. That's just one less element if we can... uh, catch them and give them over to the police that's one less thing that's going to be happening in gotham city so it's a win-win for batman as far as he's concerned and of course they are able to track down uh the y dogs because of tim's uh quick thinking and spray painting (laughs) that you still see here on the bottom of page 10 with the guy that's got the red paint on his eyes and the i'm a chump which i thought was kind of cool uh chump was one of those things we used to say in the 90s because we thought it was cool hey chump no All right, let's move on. Um, I like the uh, lip-reading binoculars that is in the middle panel of page uh, 11 here that uh, just by looking through this, uh, you know, little uh, Viewmaster, if you remember Viewmasters, the little round circles uh, (laughs) type of thing, that uh, this set of binoculars can read lips and will read it back to you. Um, Only in the 90s, right? Of course. Uh, We have a a nice discussion here with... uh, Batman and Robin are talking about uh, the things that are going on with Tim right now. And Batman lets Robin have this opportunity to just talk. Uh, he knows that it's this choice is a weighing on Tim with having to take care of his father. And Tim is worried that uh, how is he going to be able to be Robin uh, during all this? And Batman is just leaving all of the choices up to Robin. He's not prodding him even at the point where Tim says, I've even thought about just telling my father that I'm Robin. You know, maybe that would be okay with my dad. And he would see how important that I am to Gotham City. And we'll find out much later in the podcast that that is not okay with Jack Drake at all. But that happens much, much later. But uh, it's this is a Batman that knows Tim is going to make the right choice. He's been Robin long enough. He's been trained well enough that he's not going to have to worry about Tim saying anything that he's Robin or saying anything that is going to lead Jack Drake to think that Bruce Wayne is Batman. Um, I think if anybody would have said, I'm going to tell the whole world that you're Batman, Batman would find a way somehow probably to beat you senseless so you can't talk or write (laughs) to tell anyone. But he doesn't even flinch at the idea and says, this is a choice you're going to have to make. I can't make it for you. And it kind of reminds me of the Batman animated series episode where Batgirl is talking to Batman saying, I don't like keeping these secrets from my father. You know, maybe I'll just tell him that I'm Batgirl. And again, it's it's kind of the same thing. So I half wonder while they were doing the animated series, if they didn't pull this from Alan Grant and kind of uh, use it for the uh, Batgirl thing. But I thought that was kind of cool that they're on both ends. And, and Batman says in both inst- instances, if that's a, if that's something you have to do, it's something you have to do as opposed to being a, uh, no, I'm not going to allow you to do that. So as mean and dark and brooding as Batman can be, uh, I've said there's still uh, a good amount of humanity in Batman that he knows at the end of the day, if I've trained you well enough, you're going to make the right choice. Uh, They find uh, 
follow the Y Dogs to Drake Industries, which uh, Drake Industries is a uh, medical incorporated that is dealing in medical supplies. So this is how the Y dogs are uh, getting their fancy clothes and all those type of things. They are stealing the medical supplies and probably selling them on a black market and uh, getting uh, money for them. So Batman and Robin tag along here and uh, find out it's, it's Jack Drake's associate Phil, which I believe this really kind of enrages uh, Tim here. Here's a guy that's uh, running my dad's company while my dad is paralyzed in a hospital bed. And this guy is making money hand over fist and basically stealing money away from the company. And to add insult to that, uh, he tells uh, his men here that he just met uh, Drake's kid and uh, we're just going to pin the whole thing on the kid, and uh, we can continue doing what we're doing. So, of course, uh, this is where we get into some uh, Jackie Van Dam action here, and uh, Batman and Robin go to town on the thugs. And I like it that uh, Grant has it that it's Robin that gets to take Phil down and uh, gives him a good beat down with his bow staff. Uh, the only part in this that's didn't make a little bit of sense to me. Uh, first of all, I want to point out at the top of uh, page 17, this panel here, um, I've seen Aparo draw this image of Batman a lot of times. And it is always the coolest look of Batman as he's walking. He has his cape billowing out on either side. Uh, to me, that is a classic image of a Jim Aparo drawn Batman. I have a Fisher-Price storybook from uh, the 80s uh, with this type of a look of uh, Batman that Aparo drew. You have this type of pose in The Death of the Family that uh, Aparo was the artist on that. So uh, just a, a really cool image. But the thing that I was uh, saying that doesn't make sense, as Batman has tied up the thugs here, Robin says, I'll take care of the Y dogs and uh, turns down the ride home uh, to Wayne Manor because he wants to kind of clear his head as he swings through the Gotham City streets. Um, he doesn't really take care of the Y dogs here. I don't know if this is uh, going to be later on in a few issues, but I like the panel layout here in 18, how we have Robin swinging through the four panels and he arrives at the top of uh, one of the buildings here, almost like Batman would. I thought this was really cool panel layout. And again, we have uh, the parts of the letter that are sprinkled throughout this issue. The last few pages, it's the next morning, and Tim is finishing the letter. And I remember reading this for the first time uh, when it first came out. I was thinking, oh, holy crap, he's actually written this letter to his father, and it, he's going to spill the beans, tell him that he's Robin and his father's going to think that he's Batman. And of course, this is something that uh, people do. They'll write letters to somebody uh, that they have no intentions of writing it to. It generally happens uh, with people that have lost somebody that they have never really gotten to say the things that they wanted to say. So it's really therapeutic to write it in a letter that at least you got it out and you physically put it on pen and paper. Or nowadays it would be in a series of ones and zeros on a computer. Um, but we have the moment here where Tim pulls it out and it's almost as if he's going to hand it to Bruce, but it's for us to see and for Batman and Robin or Tim and Bruce in this case for Tim to say, you know, here's the letter I was going to write. I got it out and I'm burning it just so you know, I'm not saying anything, 
but the things that I wanted to say, I got out, and I'm just going to deal with what comes along. And we can see that the uh, front of the letter says, to the father I never knew. In a cool moment, and you got to like Alfred for this, as Tim is getting ready to leave Wayne Manor, he hands Tim a real estate ad, and he's got it earmarked for Tim and sees that there's a mansion for sale. And it's a right next door, wouldn't you know it, right to Wayne Manor. So uh, how convenient that uh, there might still be a way for Tim to do the Batman and Robin thing with Bruce. Uh, this was something I wasn't sure when this issue ended. Um, what was going to happen to uh, Batman and Robin? It, how How is Tim going to be able to sneak out of the house? And how is he going to get into the Batcave? Now he's got to go from one house to the other. It, this really had me intrigued uh, how this was all going to play out. And um, I was kind of worried, like, is this the uh, swan song that we had Tim Drake for barely a couple of years and uh, he's uh, bowing out. But uh, I was optimistic at the time when I first read it and thought, no, uh, we've come this far with Tim. We've had two very successful uh, miniseries. It's going to be interesting to see how uh, Tim can f uh, still find ways to be part of the dynamic duo. So uh, that is going to complete it for this episode. Kind of a, uh, uh, a shorter episode, although I've probably been talking a lot longer. It's probably still hitting the hour mark. But I wanted to move this episode to the latter part of January uh, for a couple reasons. Uh, one, just to kind of give a little bit of space between Christmas and New Year's and, and all of that. Just to have a little bit of a breather before uh, I get back into the podcasting mode again. And two, uh, with the uh, set of guests that I'm going to have um, as I was lining them up, uh, they were saying, well, I don't know if I can start recording until uh, February. And then one said, oh, it's going to be late February, uh, maybe early March. And then uh, I've got another one that says, oh, you know, uh, mid-March will be perfect. So for the next couple of episodes, I'll be back to having uh, some guests on here. So that is going to be really cool. Terrence is going to be making a return. I'm kind of speaking before I get the first official yes. Um, I've talked to Terrence recently. He's got a brand new computer. So that's kind of kept Terrence from uh, being on the podcast. It wasn't real uh, reliable. He was having some uh, issues with recording. So it'll be cool to have him back on. Um, I'm not going to tell you who the uh, guest is for the next episode, but it's going to involve Robin and Superman. The first meeting of Robin and Superman in the DC universe, and I'm bringing a very special guest on uh, for that episode. So tune in to episode 22 uh, for the first meeting of Superman and the Boy Wonder. Uh, thanks for listening to this episode, and we'll be celebrating 75 years of Robin, and uh, we'll, we'll be having a lot of fun, a lot of cool guests, and some really cool things, and we're getting ever so closer to the Robin ongoing series that went 183 issues, but the big event is coming right around the corner, Nightfall. I'm going to have uh, some very cool guests once we get to Nightfall, and uh, we'll be talking about uh, Nightfall pretty much. Uh, we'll be talking about Nightfall in its entirety. I won't be covering every single issue of Nightfall, but I think during our discussions we'll be uh, talking about it. That was when uh, comics were at its high point 
uh, for me as far as collecting goes. I was trying to guess all the way through how this Nightfall saga was going to end. And then, of course, the big back-breaking moment that I guess we saw coming. But uh, as Bat fans, it's one that still kind of hits you right in the gut. But we'll save that. It's just a little farther out yet. So uh, we will also be looking at uh, Robin 3, Cry of the Huntress, the final miniseries before we get into the Robin ongoing series. And I'll have a special guest for that. So thanks for tuning in, and we will see you guys in a couple of weeks. Take care. Thanks for listening to Robin, Everyone Loves the Drake Comic Podcast. This has been brought to you by the BatmanUniverse.net. Tim Drake, Robin, and all Batman-related characters are under copyright of DC Comics. This podcast is solely for entertainment purposes, and I am making no money from it. Much to the displeasure of my wife. Sorry, babe. So no infringement is intended by this show. This also applies to all music and sound clips, as they have their own copyright holders as well. You can now find this podcast on iTunes and Windows Media as well. There you can rate and leave a comment to the show and subscribe. I hope that you do. You can also find me on Facebook at www.facebook.com slash everyone loves the Drake. You can send a message there as well. If you'd like to email, you can do so by sending me one at r10myers at yahoo.com. That's R as in Robin, one zero M-Y-E-R-S at yahoo.com. And I'll read your emails on the air. Make sure that you head over to the BatmanUniverse.net, your home for all things Batman and Robin. Thank you for listening to the show and hearing why everyone loves the Drake. We'll see you in a few weeks. Take care.